Wonderful. All right. So um, you are. Yeah. Uh, you are one highly accomplished individual um, in the teaching world, the academic world. Um, could you explain sort of the significance of that to me? Like what sort of approach to teaching allowed for such success and what allows you to leave an impact on your students? Uh, uh no approach i i uh, i'm sorry i will be very very blunt and i never took an ed course in my life i i um i'm sure some of them are very helpful i but i don't believe in teaching techniques um you know, I'm sure that the CLRT is a wonderful institution at Michigan, and and you know the, the this institution teaches helps people teaching. Uh, I, you know, never. Of course, by the time I came to Michigan, I already was a very established professor. So, uh, but even um, when I started out, I had zero zero instruction, and this is actually not to. Uh, this was how we how we teach on, in graduate school. I mean, uh, uh, we in, in a PhD program, we don't teach people how to teach. Uh, I mean, it's just they're supposed to pick it up, okay, which is also weird. Uh, so um, I was at Columbia where I did all my uh, my my my, my uh, university education uh, in the in graduate school. I, no idea, you know, no one talked about teaching. The only thing that matters is publishing and writing and, you know, that you're a scholar. That's what you're trained to do. And that's what you're meant to do. And that's what actually your worth is in terms of your colleagues. Um, see, there's, there's also a very interesting bifurcation you guys have to understand. To professors, professors have a completely different meaning than to students. To professors, uh, teaching is completely irrelevant. No one as I, I mean, it is completely, no one goes, oh, see that person next to the elevator there? Great teacher, never has happened to me, ever. Okay. See that person next to the elevator? Wrote a great article in the new, in the latest issue of the APSR. It's only, the only thing that va is valorized, the only thing that gives you kudos, the only thing that makes you, especially in a place like Michigan or the top 50 places, all the same. Uh, Columbia, Harvard, Michigan, uh, the only thing that matters is your research and what you publish and write. Teaching is completely irrelevant. Uh, and I would actually go further. I would say that to some people, being a good teacher is suspect. Um, you are obviously doing this because you wanna be popular. Uh, in other words, it's somehow not quite serious not nefarious, but not quite serious. It's not, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. To you guys, it's the only thing that matters. And there are rare people who actually are good in both worlds, and I happen to be one. And, and uh, um, but from the get-go, uh, uh, Brian, from the get-go, when I was still an, a, a graduate student in Columbia, 
and I taught at, the, at NYU and at, at the John Jay College of Criminal Justice for the city, of, city University of New York, and even at Columbia for a summer or two. Uh, it was all, and I've not changed. I've just, I've just gotten them wider and, and, and whatever, um, older, um, 50 years ago. And uh, to me, it's a passion. I, I, I love to communicate. I love to talk to you. I love, I love people. I love young people. They've kept me young. Uh, I'm serious. I'm, my wife and I, we don't have kids. So I'm sure that's partly also the, the, the case that to me, my students, not all students, obviously, but some students and enough who really become, you know, my sons and daughters in, in, a, in a way. And you, I don't, I, you know, it was, I never studied that or I know I just, it just comes. And, and from the get go, when I was, you know, in my twenties and as a graduate student, and I was teaching undergrads. It was always really three things I would say that, and that has not changed one iota. And I'm about, I have two more years and then I'll retire at 75 and a half. Uh, number one, you gotta love the topic. You have to enjoy teaching European politics or sports or whatever. I, I, I teach so many different things. You just have to love it. I mean, you just, you have to enjoy it. You have to read about it. You have to be an expert. And so you have to really love what you do in, in terms of the, the subject matter. Um, uh, number two, uh, you have to convey, and this comes out in every, evaluation of me that you have to convey this enthusiasm that you have to convey to people who are not particularly into European politics why on earth you know the you know the French electoral system matters I'm you know why should it okay and I I have that and uh, because I actually to me you know I haven't worked for one second in my in my in my life it's all been in some ways pleasure in, in some ways, it's play. And teaching for me has always been a very serious sort of enjoyment, play. And then number three, and I think this is so crucial also, is you got to take your students seriously as human beings, as young people. And you have to, it doesn't mean uh, that they, I'm, uh, you know, that you uh, completely um, let them run the show, not at all. In fact, if anything, I've, I've known to be sometimes not authoritarian, but sort of very clear boundaries. For example, I, I didn't know you that young, but of course you're not in my student, not my students. I would never have allowed you to call me Andy in my class. Uh, you are fine because you're not my student. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, wh while I grade you or why, you know, I am Dr. Markovitz or Professor Markovitz or Mr. Markovitz, I ain't Andy to you. To you, I'm Andy because it's a, and so, uh, um, you know, there is clear boundaries. And, but on the other hand, I take students uh, very seriously. I, I always did. I listened to them. I, so I've had a wonderful wonderful life and wonderful professional life. I, I, I love teaching. It's, it's not work for me. You have to understand that. Okay, to me, it's sort of, 
And that is a, I don't think you can, you know, I'm sure, by the way, I could have been a much better professor on a certain level still. For example, I'm sure that I could have, you know, learned many more technical techniques. Uh, I mean, I'm a joke. I, you know, I sit there with, you know, with, with a chalk in hand and the blackboard. I mean, talk about, I'm, I'm a man of the 19th century, okay? Uh, but almost no student I've not has seen that as a detriment. Not, not one. In fact, if anything, they like it. You know, so they somebody, oh, professor, I really like that you are not showing us yet another slide or another, you know, another uh, uh, a chart or another, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, sort of, yeah. Uh, but, and that also is very important to me in some ways because ultimately to me teaching, even though of course I have the, the I know I'm, a, you know, to explain, uh, let me explain to you as a jazz musician. I mean, I know the basic chords and that's very important. I go into the lecture yesterday, it's, I'm talking about this and this aspect of basketball and race, whatever I know exactly. But then what the melody line is, what exactly how I will develop this and what the analogies will be are improvised, okay? And that I think makes it exciting because it's exciting to me. Okay, when I, you know, it's, you know, I improvise. I, I just, I've, I've never given the same lecture twice ever. And I've learned that from my beloved Grateful Dead. Okay, uh, you know, Jerry Garcia never played the same melody line in his life ever. Okay, um, you know, I just don't. I, I, I. So that's why. I, I love what I do and um, I'm, you know, luckiest guy in the world. Uh, that's very interesting. And I think that's a wonderful approach to teaching in general. Um, I, hope there... you'll be able, I hope you'll be able to, to feature what I just said because that's important. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Uh, the, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, is there a particular moment that inspired you to become a teacher or a series? Yes. Of, go ahead. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I, it was um, a similar, uh, uh, another, uh, an, uh, an Andy Markovitz at Columbia, uh, um, meaning a, it was very much a, an, a, a, a certain person. In this case, it's Ira Katznelson who um, inspired, uh, was just this, actually still is, he's only four years older than I am, but was the youngest professor at Columbia, was 23 or something, insane, uh, brilliant guy. Uh, now, I'm nowhere close to Ira's brilliance, but, uh, um, uh, but yes, absolutely. Ira Katznelson uh, and um, a couple of other of my professors at Columbia, really were role models. I mean, meaning I, I sensed that they really love what they do and that they are very good at what they do. And um, yeah, and so I was, I'm, I'm lucky. Uh, yes, they were very clearly very clearly these moments, both in undergraduate and in graduate school. In graduate school, it's already done because that's why you're in graduate school in the first place. But even there, there were some, 
important moments where I thought this is uh, a good good thing to do. Wonderful. Um, next question. Um, if there is there some sort of underlying message you try to get across to students regardless of the class, like some sort of life lesson, or is it more about the content over everything, or um, do you have any thoughts on that? No life lesson. Okay, gotcha. By the way, I think that to me would fall into the taking them seriously. Okay, I... I'm not there to preach. I'm not, uh, I, I don't, no, no life lessons. That's not what my, I mean, I'm sure they can, some of them can, can, can call some life lessons from it or whatever, but no, I don't, I, I, don't, um, I don't preach. I teach, I'm, I'm a professor of comparative politics. I have many areas of expertise, uh, you know, from, uh, West European political parties to so on and on and on. Uh, but, and so that's why they come to learn about that. And in the process of learning, they learn a lot about other things as well. And hopefully they also learn something about me or, or whatever, but it's all in terms of giving a larger, you know, no, I, 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 I find that I would find that even irresponsible. I, you know, I, who am I to, to teach life lessons. I mean, no, I'm there right. and you know, no. Okay. Um, so you have mentioned that you take pride in writing your letters of recommendation. Um, yes, I just wrote four today. Awesome. Um, so other teachers or educators may sometimes find that burdenful, um, but you don't. So uh, could you explain sort of why that is and why you take such pride in that? Well, I, uh, you're referring to, of course, to my, the end of my memoir, which I would be delighted to give you a copy of. It's actually been quite successful. It's out last six weeks and, uh, and I, uh, and that's the epilogue of what I'm arguing. I mean, you know, it's in part of a, I mean, I'm not proud. I'm much more proud about some of my books that are translated into many languages or, you know, that I'm a scholar. That's what I'm proud of. But I, I do not see them as a burden because in the reason, what I meant by this in my, in my, in my epilogue is that ultimately um, when all is said and done, uh, you know, and I'm uh, long gone from this earth, I'm not sure whether my scholarly output, although some of it was very good, will have any impact. That's what I meant. I mean, saw a major study on European anti-Americanism, you know, so some, uh, you know, person looks at why Europeans hate Americans and I find it very horrible that that happens. And I explain why, interesting, widely read book, da, 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 da. And the same about soccer and America. I mean, there are lots of things that I've contributed to, but I actually don't think, maybe I'm wrong, um, but I don't think that um, uh, Andy Markovitz has left the world a, you know, an intellectual footprint, okay? But Andy Markovitz's letters of recommendation have not left footprints, but got people all kinds of crucial gigs. 
got them into law school, into graduate school, got them Fulbrights, got them this, got them that, you know, on and on and on and on and on. Even if it's the fourth, you know, they didn't get into Harvard and Yale, but they got into, uh, you know, Kansas State or whatever it is, okay? But clearly, what I'm saying is that these letters have a meaning, not in the global sense. You know, the four letters I wrote today have mean nothing to you, nothing to my wife, they mean nothing, but it means something to those four people to, for whom I'm not totally responsible into getting on with it uh, with their lives because of they also have that law school board law boards and this board and mcats and god knows what but clearly a a, a detailed and very serious letter of recommendation for me let me put it this way hasn't hurt them i can assure you that but in fact probably helped them big time okay so what i'm saying is that when all is said and done I think, and this is so, I don't think, I've never heard a colleague say that. I think when all is said and done, my scholarly work will be, will be okay, but not important. I, I, you know, you understand, you know, it's, it's fine. Uh, you know, it got me to be a professor at the University of Michigan, which is a big deal. I have a name to name professor. I mean, it's all wonderful. I don't get me wrong. But ultimately, I'm critical enough to understand that I don't think that, um, you know, uh, uh, one cannot understand Germany without reading Markowitz. I mean, it might help on some levels to read Markowitz, uh, but you can be an, an absolutely first-rate scholar in Germany never having read Markowitz. Okay? So that's what I meant by what you referred to and I sent you. So in the epilogue, I argue that or say that ultimately, I think that my letters of recommendation fulfill me with a greater satisfaction in terms of impact than my publications. Because I know that so-and-so got into this card, so-and-so got this grant, so-and-so is now in um, you know, in, in, in Serbia doing research, so-and-so is doing this in, you know, in, in, in Appalachia, so-and-so is in the Peace Corps, so-and-so is in, on and on and on of all these letters that I wrote. And that's, that's great. So in that sense, I'm, I'm not proud about writing the letters. It's not, you know, but I actually write good letters because I actually take care to say not only that Joe is a bright kid, they're all bright kids, but actually I say what kind of papers Joe wrote and what would make him a very good law student or, or whatever else he's applying for. Um, yeah, I think that if I may add, I think that um, attitude towards letters of recommendations and your students in general really comes across to us. And that's really what this interview is all about is sort of that uh, aspect of like caring about your students and um, really letting them see that. Um, so uh, if no one else says it, I really appreciate that. So as no, I appreciate. Thank you for saying that. Yes, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, 
For instance, my graduates, I can't do it with the undergraduates because they're too many, but I always invite them, my GSIs, I always invite them for a meal before we start the course and then at the end. And then with the undergraduates, I always have, uh, you know, we always take play brackets, you know, for March Madness, both the women's and the men's brackets. And whoever wins the brackets gets a chocolate cake from me because, of course, there's no money. You can't have any money. Yeah, I, I, I um, students. Yeah, I, I just students have have enriched my life. Uh, it's as, it's as, it's as, as crazy as this sound, but they really have. And they've kept me young and they keep me on my toes. And I think, and, uh, uh, you know, I see different things. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's been good. All right. Um, to a person who may not read your memoir, um, what would you want them to take away from, like, what's the idea behind your memoir? Is there, a theme? Is there um, something along those lines? No, I mean, I, rich, I lived a very rich life in very different contexts, Romania, Stalinism. Uh, um, and that's why I wrote it. I also wrote it sort of in many ways to honor my father. Um, the, the hero of the book in some ways. Um, I would have never written it had it not been for COVID. It was an act of desperation in some ways. I'm serious. Um, and I don't mean this year, but the year in 2020, uh, when there was literally nothing, no sport for me. And I'm huge, totally into sports. I mean, no sport, nothing other than South Korean baseball and Belarusian soccer. I mean, there were, so to me, this was a, uh, in some ways it was almost a salvation. Uh, I would have never written it uh, because I, 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 even if you, again, I can give you a copy, but um, in the preface, I, I wrote about what, what I had planned for that, for while COVID started. You know, lectures here, lectures there, traveling to Germany, traveling to Santa Fe, you know, Olympics, uh, you know, life uh, was, uh, you know, I would have never written this. I would never, because, you know, you really have to have three or four months of nothing to write this. You know, it's just, um, so it was clearly, uh, perhaps even a fear of dying or, 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 or it's just a, uh, it was also propelled by many people in my life saying that I should write a memoir before. And I always said, yeah, 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 of course. Sure. What else is no? Okay. Come on. So, but people repeatedly and all, you know, from California to Europe always said, you know, this is so interesting. You really should be, really should be, uh, you should write a memoir. And I never took that seriously. And um, so, I don't think this is, again, back to your question about, do I want students to take life meaning lessons? And the answer is a clear no. The same for my memoir. I don't, I don't think, I, 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 don't, I don't see any larger, I mean, yes, it's about immigration. Yes, double immigration. I left my childhood home and then I left Vienna 
to come to New York. So it's a double immigration story, but that's just part of who I am. I don't need, I don't preach about, I mean, it's nothing about, um, I think uh, if there, there already have been a number of reviews and uh, what I'm so pleased about is that people take away, even though there's been a lot of pain in my life, it's actually a very optimistic book. You know, it's a sunny book. It's a, it's, it's who I am in some, you know, I just, uh, um, you know, things happen, but ultimately, um, you know, it's a good, it's been a good life and, and teaching has been very important to me. Uh, you know, I've, I've only lived in a university setting all my life um, or an educational setting. And, and um, it's, it's, it's great. So, I, but I don't, I don't, I don't mean to proselytize. I don't mean to, to think that there's some kind of a lesson from my life for anybody. Absolutely not. I don't intend it to be a moral statement. Like, you know, this is how someone ought to live or something. That's not what I'm doing. It's a, it's just a, an account of, an account of Andy Markovitz's life, which is, I think, interesting and hopefully others agree and will read it and that's it. I mean, it's no, but there's no real lessons here. All right. Uh, before I let you go, uh, I'd like to transition into a little bit of like fun fact territory. Sure. Um, you've mentioned your love for both Grateful Dead and sports. So yes. I wanted to know your favorite team, if you can narrow it down, and sure. your favorite song, if you can narrow it down. Oh, God. Um, actually, I can <laughs> send, uh, favorite one, only one. Uh, I, I can send you a wonderful playlist um, that um, a fascinating podcast and website that you've never heard of, I'll send it to you. I would uh, love that. Uh, uh, I'll send it to you um, uh, called uh, Large Hearted Boy. Okay. I'll send it. Fascinating website, um, which I didn't know about until five weeks ago, that literally feature, features a book a week and very nice books, and but through the music mentioned in the book, even though the book is not about music. So you, I'll send this to you, uh, because they, and it, you will read, you will see the memoir through these songs, these nine particular songs. And it's not actually not only songs, some of them are actually opera, an opera, which is a song, and the two symphonic things. Um, but I'll send that to you. Um, and so there I'm, I'm forced to give one, one song and I, uh, um, I missed. I, I mentioned a, a song by that called "Loser," which is um, very gripping to me at a particular juncture. But uh, but it's very you know that's this is random. I mean, I think uh, right. you know, sugary or or, or what? Uh, the two Stone songs also on the playlist. I'll send it to you right after we get off. Um, then what was that? my favorite teams? Sports or team. that, that's yes. easy. That's very easy. Um, uh, in terms of soccer, since 1958, February 6, 1958, Manchester United, um, the crash of the Busby Babes in Munich, a, a, a city that I loathe and hate for many reasons, the beginning of the Nazi movement, the so-called Bewegung, um, the death of, of the, the Busby Babes, 23 of them in their the murdering of the Israeli athletes in 72, 
So it's a dark, dark. Whenever I go to Germany, I always try to avoid Munich, even though it's a beautiful city and great restaurants and whatever. Um, so in soccer, Manchester United, in, and then basically New York teams. Um, I'm a huge, huge New York Yankees fan. Uh, and because I spent the summers before coming to Columbia, summers in the United States, I'm a much bigger Yankees fan than I'm actually in football. So it's a, then it's the Giants, but it's much less acute. I mean, yes, of course, it's Giants, and nothing was more brilliant than you know beating the Patriots twice. Uh, you know, with uh, Eli and uh, David Tyree is a hero for me forever. You know that amazing catch. You know, for, on fourth down, it was a miracle. So David Tyree uh, um, and the Giants, um, uh, clearly uh, the Knicks, uh, because the Knicks were crucial and very good when I was a student at Columbia. That's when they won both of their titles, although since then it's been a nightmare. Uh, and in hockey, much less hockey. So I just love the game. I'm not tangentially a Rangers fan, but not really. Um, I mean, a little bit more, but, you know, I'm, I'm not a, so in terms of passion, it's Yankees, huge, Giants, Knicks, less, but also and the Rangers. So it's New York teams. I, and what, uh, there was something else. Uh, oh, and university, it's very clear. It's Michigan. Right. Uh, because, and that's interesting, it only, it only happened by sheer chance I was always associated with universities that are for which sports was terrible. Okay. I, Columbia, I mean, in Columbia, actually, um, I was there in a very crucial time when Columbia won its only Ivy championship in 68. And I became somewhat, not friends, but a good acquaintance with Jimmy McMillan, who was on that legendary Lakers team that won 30, went 33 and 0 in 1972. Uh, when they won the championship uh, with uh, Happy Hairston and Jimmy McMillan uh, with Will Chamberlain at center and Jerry West at the guard. Uh, and, and it's Jerry West's only championship, sadly. Jerry West, the logo, and, uh, and of course, uh, Gail Goodrich. So I can tell you the Lakers starting five. And Jimmy Mack was there. And Jimmy Mack was the great star for Columbia when we beat Princeton in the playoff and won the Ivy Championship, the only one, I think. In basketball, and then we actually went quite far in the Sweet Sixteen. I, I went to the Sweet Sixteen in the Big Dance, which at the time was not so big. Um, it was only forty-two teams, I think. But uh, you have to check on that. Actually. But it's it's not that big in '68. Um, so so Columbia, but Columbia was a joke. Uh, then Harvard. Equally, I mean, sports are very important, but it's a social thing. It's not, you know, you, you, no one, you, you don't, you're not a, a, a kind of a, a, a passionate Harvard fan, or also, um, if anything, you're, you know, okay, you, you hate Harvard. So, anyway, so it's, it's not um, Harvard. Then Wesleyan University was my first teaching job, again, a D3 school, uh, not important. Then Boston University, not important, other than in hockey. Uh, and then University of California, Santa Cruz, a total joke um, in terms of sports. I mean, this is, uh, if you don't know this, but the, the, uh, the mascot of the school is the banana slug. I mean, you know, um, it's not a lion or a tiger or, a, you know, or an eagle, whatever. It's a banana slug. So I rest my case. So by the time I come to University of Michigan, 
you know, heaven, it's great, here it is. And so it's very easy for me, this, the space, I mean, all my work, I'm into space and, and the space of sports fandom on the college level is totally open in Andy's life. It's not there, there's nothing rooted because it's not like, you know, with childhood and it's very difficult to dislodge. Let's say, had I grown up, uh, I don't know, in, 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 in uh, uh, you know, Alabama or something, it would be very hard to dislodge or Nebraska where college sports is everything. But I grew up on the East Coast where college sports didn't mean anything. So, and I, and I happened to have been at universities, employed at universities where, where, where you know, Columbia, Harvard, uh, um, City College of, uh, City University of New York, NYU, uh, uh, you know, Wesleyan, BU, and UC Santa Cruz, pre-Michigan, these are all totally unimportant uh, sports schools, and then enter Michigan. And uh, it was just sort of, uh, you know, um, as they say in Yiddish, beshared, it was fated. And I became a huge, huge Michigan fan and um, have gone to pretty much at least five games every year that I've been on the faculty at uh, to the big house. Again, very, very sad for me that I can't go this year. I'm just too worried uh, because of COVID. I know I shouldn't be, but I am. Uh, and so I'm very, very sad. I'm actually quite upset and quite amazed that they hold these games without Andy Markovitz. I don't understand. I mean, you know, I thought, uh, you know, the games don't happen without Andy Markovitz. I have to be there. And so um, uh, I'm a huge Michigan fan, big into Chrysler, uh, which scares me even more because somehow I'm, I'm hoping I can get up the courage and I'm, I just got my third shot and go to the Indiana game. Uh, but the Chrysler closed space. I just don't know. I just don't know. And we become a. This is you know. We should actually have an, another major set, setting. We've actually are maybe may transitioning from a, a football school to a basketball school. And I have very high hopes. And I was very proud of um, how the team played in the in the last five, six, seven years. Uh, even though uh, we should have never lost that game to UCLA, it was just horrible, awful, absolutely awful. But yeah, so I'm I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Michigan fan. I'm also take again something very seriously. I've been to every varsity team's uh, venue and sports that the university has, all of them, all twenty three or so, I think. The only one is not, not cross cross country running that I cross country that I've not I've never been to meet, but I've been to the tennis tournaments. I go to swimming. I I I'm you know I'm a sports scholar and I take it very seriously, and I go to women's basketball and I I of course hockey Yost, a, a wonderful arena, wonderful. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a part of American culture. You've got to go to go. So I, uh, that, that's, those are my sports teams. Okay. And as you can see, there are many. And so I'm actually spending a lot of my time watching sports, <laughs> which in my <laughs> book, nothing wrong with that. And, 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 and nothing wrong. And I think this is another reason why some of my colleagues hate me and which in my book is called research. I'm doing field work. You know, I'm observing field work. I, I, which that's how I got into my sports stuff. 
And what, again, should just do, maybe that will, you will also put this on, uh, you know, that I think I, that I think I succeeded in making my passions part of my scholarly life. I love researching this because it interests me. And that's the same with teaching. So I have never worked a second in my life. This is all gravy. It's all fun. It's, I love it. I, you know, it's great stuff. All right. I think that's a great point to 